try to expound on Philippians 3, 12 through 16, uh, kind of following last week's sermon, Philippians 3, 1 through 11. So uh, the scripture goes in the ESV, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it, make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So um, back in Philippians 3, 10 and 11, uh, 1 through 11, Paul had just spoke about his future death and resurrection with Christ. Someday he will be made complete and perfect before the Lord. So the verses were that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. By the that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Now he begins a new section in this verse, starting with an important qualifying statement. Paul does not want his readers to think he saw himself as perfect or sinless. He's clear that his life is a work in progress. If we remember in Romans 7, he says, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, since God sees us in his son, okay, the Lord sees us in his son. That's the only way he can look at us. If he looks directly at me, poof. <laughs> you know, so we're in his son, so we, we have like this safety, safety net, a force field. We're, we're okay there. Um, he also sees our end result. So it's kind of hard to fathom, but God is not limited to time. We hear that, but just to kind of a, to give a kind of a idea of what that means is that it, 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 my kind of idea for you to kind of see what it means if you don't, and if you have a better idea, you can share it with me later. But if you're like at a parade, then you know it starts at one o'clock here on First Street. And then it ends at 2 o'clock here on 10th Street, right? And so you're at 1st Street, and you're walking through the parade, and you're headed toward 10th Street at 2 o'clock. But if you're above the parade, you can see it from start to finish because you're not in that parade. You're overseeing and checking it out. So God's not in this, <laughs> this parade of ours, right? He can see it from a top level, and he's not constrained by this time that we're in. So we're in human bodies, and God sees us in his son, and he sees our end result. Okay, so this is what's going on here, because we're believers, well, he sees everyone's end result, but he sees ours as perfect. Bless the Lord. 
So Paul had not yet been made like Christ in the resurrected body and has not yet or had not yet reached the point of being without sin. There's a lot of perfect claims going on. You hear this, I'm perfect, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I have no sin, you know, all of this kind of boasting. It's called sinless perfection according to what Pastor Rick told me. So I have to believe him. I didn't want to, but I went ahead. <laughs> so, so, uh, but um, if, I, if I went out in, in, in front of the non-believers and I'm trying to preach the gospel to the non-believers and I'm trying to use a premise that I'm perfect, that's not really going to help when they see that I'm not. It's going to work against this claim of mine, right? So I, I ought not... <laughs> go out lying to them as I'm lying to myself, all right? It doesn't make sense. Um, it might make sense if that's what we've heard or this is what we've believed because we haven't fully investigated the Scripture, right? But we're perfect in God's eyesight right now. But obviously, if we were perfect physically in all our human nature, we wouldn't be going through this process. We have a place to go and a way to get there. And it means that we're being perfected in order to get there, or we're refusing this perfecting process because we're not going where we ought. Bless the Lord. Bless God. So we don't want to preach sinless perfection. Instead of claiming to be perfect now, we should continue to pursue becoming more like Christ every day. That should be our ambition. It's something that we can ask for. I'm, I'm a firm believer that what I don't have, that God wants me to have, I need to ask for it. I, I just need to ask for it. Let, let's start asking God for things he loves. You know, you can squeeze your diamonds and Mercedes in there somewhere if you want. But make sure and ask him for the things he loves. <laughs> Right? Okay. You know, he'll correct us. He's correcting us. He'll correct us along the way. Matter of fact, some of the stuff we're asking for, we already have. We're just here. We're here in a place, I call it transcendent. In other words, when you join the kingdom, the kingdom's here with you. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. That means he represented the very kingdom that he's a part of. We're now in that kingdom. We can't actually see everything that he can. But we have an inner spirit inside of us that wants to lead us through this place as if we belong, and we do, to a kingdom that's invisible. So we're in two places at one time. It's true. We're in two places at one time. It's, it's like I used this metaphor before. It's not even a metaphor. It's a scripture. that You take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. T take them off. Well, a minute ago, all I saw was dirt and, and rocks and everything. No, you're in two places. I'll open up your eyes so that you can see where you're really standing as a believer. You can't see it, but you will. All those diamonds and gold, you'll see those one day. You, 
You've been rewarded with things. I mean, people might not want to, but what would I need with diamonds and gold in, in, in heaven or a Mercedes in heaven? We won't drive. We don't know. What we do know is that heaven will be on earth. Heaven's coming to earth, okay? This is what's happening. It's, it's going to be one place that we live on with the king of kings. And we're going to have treasure according to our service. And I preach that all the time. Look, I'm coming soon, and I have my reward with me. And to whomever I'm going to give according to what they have done. Something like that. I'm going to give it according to what you have done. That's not a poem. It's narrative. Jesus isn't just speaking out in a parable right now. You see, there's a difference in the story of a parable and then him making a statement. I'm coming soon and my reward is with me. Okay, right? Bless the Lord. I think um, it's kind of hard to understand why we would need or what the promises are there. And then in most of our hearts as well, I just want to get there. You know, I don't care about anything else. I don't want to go there, right? I just want to go there, right? So, I mean, it makes sense to think like that. There's no, no problem with that, except for if it, if it causes us to slack up in our race. You, you see what I'm saying? This, that we have to run a race. And, and he's made us able to run this race. Each one of us will run according to what he's given us. Bless the Lord. It's true. It's true. So, ask for things that we're certain. Even not certain. You can ask for anything, but I'm telling you, ask for things that please your father. If, you know, if I went to Ann and, and she was my sister and, you know, and I was lazy and then when she was always cooking for me and one day I go to Ann and I say, Ann, I'm going to cook for you. That would please her. Then I'd ask her to show me where everything is and get up and give me that and help me. <laughs> it would please her too. We can ask things of God that are pleasing to God. Now, this is not what we're doing. Oh, let me make God happy today by some pretentious request that I really don't want to fulfill. What I want to do is ask the Lord, give me a desire to please you. We can ask the Lord. We need to start asking the Lord. There's nothing wrong with what I'm saying. So Philippians 3.13 says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Speaking of that resurrection, okay? But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. What lies ahead? What is Paul forgetting about? Right? That's the question. Okay. So... Paul has decided not to try to rely on those things that he believed made him righteous. Those things, okay? Obviously, he's not trying to block his memory of the things that he's done that were improper and incorrect. But there's a movement that would tell you, you don't remember your sin. You forget those. You put them behind you. There's no need to remember your past, right? God forgot your past as far as it is from the east to the west. So are your sins blotted out. I think I'm combining two scriptures right now, but I, I got them written down, so I'll get there. means the same thing. That's God has 
blotted out my sin. Not to move ahead of myself, but there's no word that tells me in the Bible that I get to forget my sin. The Bible's not teaching that. You, you get to forget your sin. No, you need to remember your sin so that you can identify with sinners, so that you can have a testimony. Make sense? Okay, some stuff we've done is painful, but we have God that removes the pain. He removes the sting from what we've done. That's how it's going to be in the kingdom. We won't be mindless robots unable to remember our life on this planet before we came into the kingdom. We'll remember. And what the Lord wants is that we remember, we remember now all that he's done for us. If you've done anything for me, rescued me from my homelessness, helped me get in rehab, you know, or cooked for me, if, if you've done anything for me that I couldn't do for myself because I was doing wrong things, I need to not only remember what you've done for me, but I need to remember why you did it and ponder why would you do it. I was doing everything wrong, purposely, right? But God, in his wisdom and grace and mercy and concern for me, invites me in to his home so he can take care of me, a sinner. That was an enemy to him. So blot out all that you did wrong, David, so that you don't know why you love me. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. So we don't want to hijack what Paul is saying here. Paul has decided not to rely on those things that he believed made him righteous. This is what Paul is teaching. Obviously, he's not trying to block his memory. He used to have a resume, circumcised on the eighth day, from the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of the Hebrews, meticulous law keeper. He was a Pharisee, a zealous persecutor of the church. As to righteousness, self-righteous, blamelessly. Self-righteous, right? Right? ready to prove he's done every iota of every law. This is what he's putting behind him. Not his sin. Make sense? Bless the Lord. Many people believe forgetting what lies behind means to literally forget your past. All the corrupt, deceitful, treacherous things we've done. <laughs> I want to forget them. I want to toss them out. Why? Well, God says that he will forget our sins. Hebrews 8, 12 says, For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. That's God to us. Psalm 103, 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So many people believe forgetting what lies behind means literally forget your past. Oh, conveniently, Remember the good things that you've done or what you deem good. You can bring those up. You know, yeah, I came over and fixed the, the, um, the antenna at my sister's house and 
they can, uh, you know, see outside. What is the, the surveillance? I did that. I did some good things. I remember that. I'm going to share that, right? Since they didn't share it, I'm going to share it, right? Still to this day, they haven't shared that. And so now <laughs> I'm going to share it. I'm going to get my credit <laughs> for, for doing it. Well, what's my point? Is that if you bring up that, then bring up the sin too, okay? If you want to toot your own horn, toot it fully. Don't, don't just blow a partial horn. Get a big bull horn. Put it on your cart and just blow. Get something on the ocean liner. Just, just blow your horn right. No marginal blow. God says he will forget our sins. Let's consider something. When we sin, the Bible says in Psalm 51.4, we sin against God. Against him alone have we sinned. So when I do something wrong to Keith, it's really against God that I've sinned. First of all, Keith didn't make himself, and I didn't make Keith, so I can't do anything wrong to Keith, right? When I do, I'm doing it against his maker. The God that made Keith is being insulted because I've sinned against Keith. Bless the Lord. Rocket science, it doesn't, this is what the scripture says. Bless God. So he's, Paul is just putting us, no. So the Lord, (laughs) the Lord, how would I put this? Our death sentence is because of our sin. This is the, the truth. We wouldn't be dying if it weren't for sin. And then we, we want to say, well, you know, Adam is the one that we inherited this sin from so long ago. What's, you know, why am I responsible or in any way guilty for something he did? Well, I need a parent. Uh, let's see. Okay, <laughs> Pastor Jamie. I, I, I guess you guys didn't know he was back there. But Pastor Jamie, just say, for instance, Pastor Jamie. <laughs> say, say, for instance, uh, Pastor Jamie was my dad. Should be the other way around, age, age-wise. But, um, but if he goes out and does something notorious in the neighborhood, right, I'm his son. That falls on me. It falls on his whole house. You understand what I'm saying? Though I didn't do it. The stigma falls on me. And if I don't get out of this mess or try to get a declaration to clear my name, I'm ultimately going to act just like he acted. In other words, if we don't get a defense from someone that can defend us, we're going to act the same way. Basically, we're going to act the same way anyway. We might not act identical to him, but because sin is in the house, I'm going to sin. Because I was born in sin, in a sinful environment, and shaped in iniquity. Now, I love my father. He can go out and beat up the next door neighbor, and I'd be on his side. But I'm adopting my father's habit by loving him or his sin, by loving him, right, and but not getting a defense. Is this making sense? Leroy? 
Okay. <laughs> Correct me. What I want to do is I want to explain something. We've all sinned. Now, God did not create us sinners, okay? But we came through the womb of sinners, and we were born in sin, meaning that I like the Simpsons analogy where the two ants are, are over Bart's crib, and they're smoking cigarettes and coughing and... Yeah, right? Over, because he's born in this, right? That doesn't mean Bart is going to smoke cigarettes, but it kind of tells you how Bart's upbringing is about to be. He's, and I'm not saying people that smoke cigarettes are sinners. I'm just giving a metaphor of the culture and environments that we come into when we get here. No one's not guilty. We're all guilty. So we appreciate God's grace and mercy, but we don't really have a right to forget the things we've done. And I don't believe that the Lord wants us to. He wants us to be at peace with our past, but if we block it out, what type of testimony would we have? How effective would it be? Deborah tells her testimony. See, it's something about getting there, okay? I could drop a thing or two, right? But if I really want to be transparent, not for me, because people can sensationalize their testimony and become an act. You know, just Phyllis Diller used to get up and tell all her business and how crazy she was looking and just, just do the whole gamut, right? All right, this is not for Phyllis. This is for God, right? If you want to see the good work that God's done, but you didn't know me 20 years ago, I have to tell you. If no one else tells you, let me be the first. If others are telling you, then let me back it up. There's some truth in what they're saying. Bless God. This is kind of hard because we're used to keeping secrets. It, I mean, it just makes perfect sense. I don't have to tell all my business. God knows. <laughs> you hear this all the time, right? God knows, so why? Why go through a ritual? Because he wants you to. He wants you to come clean. He wants me to come clean. He wants us to be a transparent member of his kingdom. The kingdom of God is transparency. Paul is preaching transparency. He's not preaching hide your sins. He's literally sharing his sinful attitude when he's saying forgetting those things behind me. What he's saying is that I'm going to forget all the hoopla and all the resume and all the uppityness in the character that I achieved, in the notability and notoriety. I'm going to forget all that that I used to use. He's exposing his sin. Bless the Lord. Bless God. So if I don't share my sin, if you keep it hidden, there's a saying that goes, it's like keeping fungus in the dark. Fungus grows great in the dark. It just does. When you put the light on it, the fungus stops. If you're, if you're sinning in your heart, you got a fungus growing on. If you haven't come clean about how you've done some one place, person, or thing, or whatever, the fungus is growing because it's hidden in the dark. But when you confess it to someone, you're shining the light on it. 
When you confess it to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. James is not saying get together and confess your faults one to another so you'll be healed just so that you can hide your faults and never be healed. We have faults. We need to share our faults one with another. The goal is not to have a, 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 a game that I'm just the king of, this chess game that I keep secret, the secret desires that are hidden in my heart. This isn't the call to salvation. This isn't what, look, be real clever and hide your stuff. Put that way behind you, like Paul did. I'm being funny, because he didn't, right? If we want to be proven, if we want to be true in the kingdom, we have to ask God, help us come clean. Help me come clean. There's so much <laughs> that keeps us dirty. Our secrets. If I don't remember my sinful choices, I won't be able to attribute my losses to my sins. The stuff that goes wrong, 95% is my fault. Why did I lose my job? Why did my wife leave me? What about my sobriety? How did I lose that? My decency. Why was I out indecent on the street, even in thought? Why is that? But look, if we say we have no sin, we lie. That's a lie. Because every man has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that doesn't mean past tense. So somebody wants to argue with you. Oh, no, that's past tense. Sinned. <laughs> what I just said is past tense. This is past tense. Every second is past tense. Bless the Lord. We need the Lord to help us come clean. It's those little secret petty permissions we give ourselves that keep us stuck and keep each other from growing and going where we need to go. How so? Because if, if, if my brother goes out and he hides the fact that he's going to get high and do drugs and have prostitutes and all this kinds of sorts of stuff, when he gets shot, he better not be listening. <laughs> Some of this is true. But if he, gets, if he gets shot, it affects everybody. We all have to leave our jobs and our homes and everything stops because of this member. So if I expose what's going on in my heart, I'm now accountable to you. And if you expose what's going on in your heart, you're accountable. We're accountable to each other. So if, I, if you look like you're going up this, Sheila looked like she's going up the street to buy guns. That's how she used to look before, and I remember. She's accountable. I'm going go, to warn her. Right? Okay, look, this is a membership. <laughs> Every member supplies to the body. Why did I become a terror, an addict, an abuser? I have no origins to reflect on, only the disastrous effects and outcomes. If... I hide my sin. 
While Paul is saying he's forgetting those things that are behind him, he's saying he's leaving an attitude that many people want to retain and maintain today. Self-righteousness. We'll forget. We will forget who we're becoming because we're holding on to who we want to be. And we're holding on to who we want to be by hiding what we really are. Wretches. Saved by grace. Bless the Lord. Accountability is key. Um, Start with God, then with another human being. And if it's too easy with that human being, get one that is going to be a little less easy to share with. Because you can build a, like an immunity with someone that's really not holding you accountable for what you're doing. You become immune to it. Yeah, you can tell them easily. Get someone that, you know, that won't, <laughs> won't really penalize me or look down on me. We have to tell our junk. Okay? It's hard. We've been through things on this planet that we know if we spoke up about, all kinds of inner feelings are going to happen. We're going to have all kind of pressure. We're going to feel embarrassed and humiliated. It's hard. But we start with him. Right? We start with God. He's faithful to cleanse us. Bless God. Right? Bless the Lord. Paul committed sins. He agreed with Stephen's death. He stood out there and approved of it. He was a murderer. Zealous for the law of Moses and persecuted the church because he believed Christians were the enemy of God. He was an abuser. Police abuse. Wasn't even a police. (laughs) Using the Sanhedrin to come and arrest people that don't believe like he believes. Right? You know, the funny thing about Paul is the stuff that he did to other people, it all happened to him. Even the death. He got beaten, whooped, and arrested. All the stuff he was doing happened to him. (sighs) Paul says, and we should do a self-assessment. I like King David where he says, search me, Lord, and know my heart. I like that. When I write, I invite God to take me on a journey, you know, into the inner parts and recesses of my heart and show me me. Now, it's ugly enough. I try to dodge. I try to make things prettier than what they are. But they're ugly. But on a journey with God first, I can do this thing. I can do it. I joke a lot. So Keith calls it coarse jesting. No coarse jesting. And you know him, it's hardly a joke that ever (laughs) comes out of his mouth, right? Okay? No, no, you know, hardly ever. And when he tells you no coarse jesting, he's looking at you like you're a jester in a court. So you feel like you're just some jester. You you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like, I think I avoid seriousness by stupidity, by clowning, you know, 
Not that I don't want to engage seriously, but if it looks like it's leading to something that I need to shun or protect myself from, and it's probably based on abuse in my past, right? right? So, but whatever the case may be, it's, it's like, no, um, I'll make a joke. And um, that's not always what God wants. So I've heard it from several people. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, I really had this attitude. I don't care that you, you, you don't like me. This is me. No, I need to change. I need to confess that sin. I don't need to bury it. I, look, we all have a past. But there's some of us that may glorify their past. Oh, yeah, I was a gun toting. I'm still carrying one of them. Right? 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 Okay. We all have a past. Don't glorify. This is not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, we don't want to make our past right and be irreverent to God. We need to revere the Lord. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I believe the Holy Spirit was explaining to me. This, that means you can't go say or do or act any kind of way you want to in my name. I can strike you dead. I can end what you believed you were entitled to, a place in my house. He can put that to death. Work it out, fearing him and trembling. Don't just go out and just be, hey, baby. All right? Now, I want to crack a joke right now on that, but since I've exposed my joking, I can't. But I made myself accountable to you guys. If I were putting all my sin behind me, I wouldn't be making myself accountable to you guys right now. Bless the Lord. And there's worse sins. <laughs> well, on the scale of how God looks at it, none of it's acceptable. Bless the Lord. Paul says he's the least of the saints in Ephesians 3.8. He says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? In Romans 7, 24. Then he says, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the foremost. Okay, that's 1 Timothy 1, 15. That doesn't sound like stuff you put behind, right? He's exposing himself. He's exposing his nature his character, his character flaws, or defective character. We have to get to that place. I don't care. We don't want to because if I tell so much, my wife may leave me. <laughs> Start here. You'd be surprised. I think your wife would want a clean husband that tells her everything because you're one rather than someone that hides and practices hiding than a person she's living with all her life that she's never known. And you won't succeed with a divide. Now, this is a hard pill. Start somewhere. Bless the Lord. He'll make it easy. You'll have a road show. You go on the road. We've seen it before. Some pastors and preachers and teachers, they're out there telling it all. How could he do that and say that and still be, look, we're 
free when we expose our secrets. The truth will set us free. The truth. The whole truth and nothing but. A lot of our situations are because we're holding and harboring secrets. That's not a kingdom member. We have to graduate, and the time is nigh. We only have a little time. We take the Lord serious. Take him serious. Am I going way over? I need to hear that from two people. Pastor? (laughs) Don't dwell in the past. Present your past for someone's future. Don't dwell in the past. Like, this is all you have. You're headed into the kingdom. The kingdom is at hand. Right? All I have to tell you is, oh, and I was just, oh, and I did it, oh, oh. No. (laughs) I got more to tell you. I have to tell you what he did, what he's doing, what he's able to do. I may have to give up some things, but it's easy when I go to him first. Bless the Lord. I know everything ain't right in my life, but it's not like it used to be. And I keep taking my stuff to him, and so it's getting better. Bless the Lord. There's a million reasons you could think of why David isn't married. I've been holding and harboring secrets. The secrets are basically, I don't feel like I measure up. That's not to find um, uh, compassion or some sympathy from anyone. It's a trick of the enemy, right? I had a friend that told me, he says, every time you go on a date, and I was going on a date for a minute. You know, the, the, the ones I was choosing were, it's just a long story. Okay, but look, I, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'm not trying to hide it, but it might go out of, you know. But I have issues, okay? They're not issues that I can't have what God would want me to have. They're in my head. But I'm continually taking my stuff to the Lord. And if he so desires, I'm going to do with him. I'm trusting him. With all of it, not the media and what the popular vote is, God. So we're not to be self-loathing. I'm not saying we should just put ourselves down all the time. We don't put ourselves down at all because we are new selves. (laughs) We're new creatures. Look, we put our, 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 our sinful nature, our past nature, our fallen nature down, I'll put it like that, and we lift God up. And since we're in that body, we have the right to lift him up. Why do I still desire to do this or that? My flesh desires to be chief of sinners. It's a battle. Paul is writing out, telling the people in letters, this is my thinking. Look, I'm writing this out so that I don't continue thinking like this. And I'm sending you guys the letters. I'm not writing them out as pastor Pharisee from the Sanhedrin. 
I'm writing them out as Paul, a servant, a slave, obviously, incarcerated for Christ. Sometimes our descriptions won't come from an honest and pure heart. And this is why I'm saying take it to God first. Because if I can get the title on American Idol, I'm going to tell you all kind of sob stories. I'm going, to t- I'm going to tell you what a wretched I was, murdering, climbing through windows, stealing, whatever the case may be. But now I just want to sing for the world. Oh, oh, give him a chance. A purified heart. <laughs> we go to God first and he purifies our testimony. Our admission is an honest and true assessment of ourselves crediting our potter. He's reworking us. We are his workmanship. He's doing the work in us. For I know that the good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. I need him. Right? Now, who doesn't need him? Josh, did you raise your hand? (laughs) I have to remember my sins. When my mind starts to wander off and ends up somewhere in the smut house or wherever, I backtrack. I personally backtrack and try to find out how did I get to this thought. I'm not trying to introduce some kind of psychobabble, therapeutic psycho whatever. I'm saying it's okay to follow that last thought that you knew was improper. Follow it and see how you got there. It works. I'm thinking something so crazy, I can go back. How did I get here? What was the thought before this one and the thought before that one? And and he'll take you. He'll take you on a journey so you can see how this thought derived. So you can look at the core and you can pray over the core issue where that thought began. Typically, it began because I did something simple. (laughs) But I need to see, why am I thinking this way? It's only a song playing in the background. Well, maybe that song was playing when I was doing something wrong. This is good for us. Okay, look, I don't expect jumping up in hallelujah. I don't, I didn't. It's good for us. I think I'm going to, because this is a lot. Um, but I did do line by line. It's just too many. <laughs> I got too many. Uh, I have too much to say. Okay. And I think I've given the gist of what's going on here. Right. I, I really do. Is that, look. So God is not drafting us into his family so that we can learn how to be pretentious, deceitful members, right? What the Lord is doing is he's training us to be opposite what the world is today. And he wants us to actually come clean with anything that keeps us separate in mind or deed from him, okay? Because he wants us so bad, he pursued us in our sin. He wants us so bad to love us, but he doesn't want to make us come to him. 
but he wants to show us, this is how you get to me, in spirit and in truth. The truth about my attitude, my defective character, my constant thoughts, my pretension. If One more analogy. Um, I used this before somewhere, but if the, it just came to me. So if the paper is on the ground while the woman is at the ATM, I could pick up the paper on the pretense that I hate litter. But really, she's got on a miniskirt. You get it? That this is what I'm saying. We operate default in a default sinful mode. That needs to be exposed to God. I didn't care anything about the paper, but I used that as a pretense to get over into her vicinity, right? Look, if you don't roll like that, you wouldn't need to be here. If you don't actually confess that you do operate on pretension, that it's a simple state, there's going to be problems, continuous problems in our lives if we don't. Expose it. Confess it to somebody, first to God. Paul was all about exposing his condition there. Bless the Lord. He was all about exposing his condition in prison. In this four-part chapter, or four-part these four verses, Paul is putting himself down, telling what he's, and putting himself down behind his old resolve. He's telling what it means to him to be a servant of Christ by his new nature. He's asking the people to do the same. And this is the message that I believe the Lord is trying to give us right now. Go and do in like manner. You really told yourself, I'll never tell this and I'll never tell that. Tell God that you committed to never telling that. Tell him. Right? He'll help you free yourself. It's the truth. Bow your heads with me, saints. Saints.